speaking, it was done. Welcome to sermons from St. Paul's Lutheran Church of Minot, North Dakota. St. Paul's is anchored in the message of Christ crucified for the forgiveness of sins, for the church and for the world. The following sermon is from Reverend Dr. Matthew Richard. Holy Gospel according to St. Luke, the sixth chapter. Jesus said, Be merciful, even as your Father is merciful. Judge not, and you will not be judged. Condemn not, and you will not be condemned. Forgive, and you will be forgiven. Give, and it will be given to you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over, will be put into your lap. For with the measure you use, it will be measured back to you. He also told them a parable. Can a blind man lead a blind man? Will they not both fall into a pit? A disciple is not above his teacher, but everyone, when he is fully trained, will be like his teacher. Why do you see the speck that is in your brother's eye, and, but do not notice the log that is in your own eye? How can you say to your brother, Brother, let me take out the speck that is in your eye, when you yourself do not see the log that is in your own eye? You hypocrite. First take the log out of your own eye, and then you will see clearly to take out the speck that is in your brother's eye. This is the Gospel of the Lord. In the name of Jesus, amen. My friends, for the last several years, a popular go-to verse for pagans is the verse where Jesus says, you got it, judge not, and you will not be judged. The verse we read in our gospel reading from this morning. Indeed, that is the go-to verse for many pagans. You see, if you've been in a challenging conversation with a pagan, or perhaps even with a very uneducated and naive Christian, well, if you are debating and the debate is getting hot, they will eventually quote, you can mark it, they will quote this verse, do not judge, yes, do not judge. They may even wag their finger at you while saying this, in my study, never once has Christianity said to judge other people or condemn other people because they do not believe as you do. Besides, Jesus tells us not to judge. Indeed, judge not. Now, what is happening? What is happening in this verse? What is happening in this situation? What is happening is that they are attempting to use this verse as a trump card. This is a trump card against you. By telling you not to judge, they're trying to tell you and to kill your judgment so that whatever you've just said does not apply, that it does not count, that your point of view is disqualified from the conversation. They're telling you that you do not have the right to weigh in on a particular subject. They're essentially telling you to keep your mouths shut. Judge not. You can't speak. Now, it used to be, once upon a time, that we could all agree to disagree and then go our separate ways. Or we could perhaps simply disagree with each other and still be civil and still be friends. But now, in our culture, in our world, now it seems that nobody is allowed to disagree with the world and the culture, the talking points of the world. Everyone must adhere, indeed, to the talking points of the culture. And if you don't, well, Jesus' words are taken and they're shoved right in your face 
and you're told not to judge. Judge not. To play this out, though, it's important to ask a couple questions this morning. Do Jesus' words only apply to us Christians, or do they equally apply to pagans and misguided Christians and the rest of society alike? Indeed, does it apply to everyone? Since so many people seem to be familiar with this verse, not to judge, and they quote it so often, it would only seem logical that this verse applies to everyone, everyone in society. Judging is perhaps off-limited for everyone. It's off-limits for everyone. Therefore, teachers probably, well, they probably shouldn't make judgments on their students' grades. Judges, well, they probably should not make judgments about murder and fraud cases. And police, ah, oh, we could like this one, police. Police officers, they probably better not. They probably shouldn't make judgments on routine traffic stops. If it is wrong to judge, should it not make everyone in a position where they're prohibited from judging as well? And if everyone is prohibited from judging, then what? Well, then there's no such thing as sin. If nobody can judge, there's no such thing as sin. And there's no such thing as right and wrong. Now, dear friends, bluntly stated, if you and I and our culture want a little taste of hell, what hell is like, all we must do is go down this path. Go down this path just a little. Not a lot, but just a little. You see, if no one can judge, then we're all left with everyone doing whatever is right in their own sight. What do they feel like doing? If judging is wrong and something we cannot do, then people can do whatever they feel like doing in the moment. But what does that look like specifically? Well, we can think of it this way. Imagine depriving a bunch of preschoolers of sleep, giving them a bunch of sugar, and then turning them loose with a bunch of new toys in a small room with absolutely zero boundaries, zero rules, zero judgment. That, my friends, is what it looks like when there's no judging and people do whatever they feel like doing. You see, if judging is entirely off-limits, it will lead to complete anarchy, it will lead to tyranny, it will lead to lawlessness and destruction, and eventually death, to chaos. This is why we should not take people seriously, indeed, why we should not take people seriously when they quote Jesus' words of not judging. I'm not trying to be rude, by any means. I'm not trying to be rude at all. However, the fact of the matter is that they do not know what they're saying when they quote to you, judge not. And so the next time somebody tells you the words of Jesus, judge not, know that they're speaking an empty utterance. Frankly, it is probably better to just ignore them or change the subject, if you will. For indeed, they do not understand what Jesus is saying at all. Indeed, you would be better off pretending that they did not say that or perhaps, again, change the subject. So that begs the question, what does Jesus mean by the words, judge not? Is Jesus really telling you and me that we should not judge? And if so, what happens if we do judge? Are we considered a bigot or a hater? Now, there's great irony in this phrase of judge not, especially when it's quoted to us. The great irony is this. Those that say, judge not, they're actually using the words of Jesus to judge those who are judging. That's the irony. 
And so, to the point, Jesus was not forbidding, he was not forbidding judging at all in this gospel reading. Furthermore, there are other verses in the Bible that specifically call us to judge. For example, in John chapter 7, Jesus is teaching in the temple, and he says this, quote, do not judge by appearance, but judge with right judgment, end quote. And the Apostle Paul tells the church in Corinth, and I paraphrase, Dear Corinthians, you are not responsible for what the outsiders do, but don't we Christians have some responsibility for those within the church? God will take care of the outsiders, but we need to judge when a fellow Christian is out of line, and if necessary, clean house. Now there are plenty of other verses as well in the Old and New Testament that say the same thing, that call us to judge. In fact, there are times when we need to make a solid judgment, and when we don't, in these cases, when we don't make a solid judgment, we actually sin. This again brings us back to what Jesus meant by the words, judge not, and you will not be judged. The answer, when Jesus says, judge not, and you will not be judged, he's actually aiming, get this, at hypocrisy. You see, Jesus is issuing a warning to you and me, to all of us, judge at your own risk. That is to say, take great care how you judge others, because if you issue a judgment, you better look at yourself first. We're told by Jesus to give serious pause and examination before saying anything about our neighbor. Well, let's just be honest. That's not much fun, is it? Indeed, let's be honest here. All of us, all of us here, as well as the rest of society, we are all very, very good. At least I know I am. I'm very good. We are very good at issuing a harsh and quick judgment about anyone and everything without knowing much of anything at all. For example, we can watch a 30-second clip on the internet or watch a two-minute news segment on the news. And then, within a matter of a few seconds, we can have the entire fate of a person figured out like that. Boom. We can hear gossip about a person, a neighbor. And then from a little bit of one-sided gossip, a little bit of hearsay, we will judge a person as guilty and charged without even asking the person for the other side of the story. There's more. We often do not even stop to think if we even have the right to judge in the first place, to issue a judgment, if you will, in the first place. If we're not a judge in the court of law, why do we pass judgments like a judge in the court of law? If we're not a police officer, a teacher, a pastor, or any other vocation that's out there, why are we so quick to pass judgment like an expert when we have no knowledge of what it is like to be in a particular vocation and we don't have the full story? Again, you and I must understand that Jesus is indeed not condemning judging at all. For it is not wrong, get this, it is not wrong to help restore a friend trapped in sin. To gently address your neighbor's sin is good and it is helpful. However, it is wrong to confront a sin, to confront a sin, to confront your neighbor's sin if you're doing it without mercy and doing it with a self-righteous attitude. It is hypocritical to ignore the log, as Jesus says, to ignore the log in your own eye while taking the speck out of someone else's eye. And so we must never forget that we are sinners 
who judge fellow sinners, which means that the judging must be done not for the sake of vengeance, as we heard in our epistle reading from today, but for the sake, get this, of redemption. You see, vengeance belongs to the Lord, to the Lord God at the last day, not to you and me. However, the redemption of sinners, well, that is something that you and I know much about. Baptized saints, never forget that you and I are prisoners who have been judged under the law. We confess this every Sunday, do we not? That we are poor, miserable sinners. Indeed, that we're poor, miserable sinners who justly deserve the temporal and eternal punishment. However, and this is the good news, however, you and I have been given an undeserved pardon. We've been given an undeserved pardon a holy absolution in Christ. Your sins are forgiven for Christ's sake. Indeed, we have been given mercy for our Christ. Your Christ is merciful. Indeed, he is full of mercy. Hear this, baptized saints. The mercy we receive, though, is not because the Lord somehow just kind of winked at sin, as if sin is not a big deal, given a good old wink and just tossing off the side. Mercy is not God withholding judgment as if he abounds in slushy tolerance. No sin, frankly, must be judged, and it demands a payment. That is the nature of sin. It must be judged, and it demands a payment. And so our sin, the good news of the gospel is that our sin, that sin is judged on Christ. Because Christ is the only one who can make the payment for the judgment of our sins. Only Jesus' stronger love can atone for strong sin on a bloody cross. Only Jesus' life was able to meet judgment and create, yes, forgiveness. Baptized saints, mark this. Sin must be judged. If it doesn't need to be judged, then the gates of hell might as well be open wide. Furthermore, if there's no judgment of sin, Jesus is not needed at all. But instead, sin is judged. And get this, it is judged on Christ. It is indeed judged on Christ. Because it is judged on Christ, Christ does not give us what we deserve. Indeed, Christ did not take the speck and the log out of our eyes and beat us with condemnation. But instead... He gives us the very opposite. He receives the judgment of sin on our behalf. And then he freely gives you and me life. Gives you and me. He gives forgiveness, life, and salvation. And so it is with this reality that we love our neighbors with their specks and failures and sins. Yet we also know that sin is not to be hidden. It's not to be tolerated. It's not to be covered or denied but judge for what it is, so that, so that we may all hear that the judgment of sin finds its end in Christ. Yes, there with Christ's cross, we receive not condemnation, but complete and total forgiveness for all of our sins. Mercy. Indeed, we receive mercy in Christ. In the name of Jesus, the merciful one, for you and for me. Amen. Thy strong word be 
speaks us righteous, bright with thine own holiness. Thank you for listening to today's podcast sermon. You can access a full manuscript of today's sermon from Pastor Matthew Richard's blog at www.pastormatrichard.org or visit St. Paul's website at www.stpaulsminot.org. The Lord bless and keep you.